Well, on days like today, whether it be uh, your 100th birthday week, anybody else had a 100th birthday week for yourself yet? <laughs> Arbutus, you're the only one who's had a 100th birthday week here this morning at least. Uh, on, on days like this, whether it's your 100th birthday week or here on Father's Day, I think it's good for us to stop and reflect on our lives. We need to take stock in the direction of where our life is going and the legacy that we are building or the legacy that we are preparing to leave behind us. That's what Moses does here in the the last few chapters of this Old Testament book in Deuteronomy. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We'll be there in just a few moments, verse 19 and 20. If you want to grab your outline, uh, there's a few notes in there for you as well. Moses is coming to the end of his life here in this book. He's reflecting back on years of leading the children of Israel. It's his family. They've been through a lot together. They've had some good times and they've had some bad times, no doubt, like your family yourself. And now he leaves them with a final message. It's a message that's not just for them, but I believe it's a message for every one of us here today, and especially dads. It's a very poignant message for us here on this Father's Day. For we all are leaving a legacy of some kind. It's not a choice, will you leave a legacy? The choice is what kind of legacy will you leave? The choices we make determine the kind of legacy that we leave behind us. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. This morning I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live. Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey him and commit yourself to him, for he is your life. Then you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, as I've looked at Moses' words here, as he's reflecting on his life, there's at least five principles I think that are important for us this morning that we can apply to our own life and building the legacy that we are leaving behind. The first is, is this. From this text, we could notice that my legacy is determined by my choices. Sometimes we think about our legacy being handed down to us, or it's just circumstances in life, and it's just the lot or the the hand that I was dealt, and, and I can't do much about the legacy that I leave. That's not even close to the truth. Moses says, I have given you the choice. Your legacy is not a matter of fate. It's not simply a result of the things that have happened to you. God has given you the freedom to choose. And you make choices every day that determine your legacy. Your circumstances don't determine your legacy. The way you choose to respond to your circumstances has more to do with the legacy that you leave. We've all heard it said that really 10% of life is what happens to you, but 90% is how you respond to what happens to you. For example, God loves you and he's given you the freedom to accept or to reject his gift of eternal life. But that choice is yours and that is mine. He's not going to save us against our will. Now jot this down. God has given you and I, he's given me the freedom to choose, but I am not free not 
to choose. You, you have the freedom to choose, but you can't say, well, I'm going to abstain from this choice. If you choose not to do something, that is still your choice. You can choose to reject his love. You can choose to blame him. You can choose to be sour in your circumstances. You can choose to rationalize away your need for him. You can try to manage your life on your own. But one thing you cannot do is to choose not to choose. Every single one of us is forced to make a choice on how we will live our life. And the legacy we leave is dependent on our choices. See, our legacy is one of two life courses. This isn't rocket science today, but it's important for us to be reminded on days like this, whether it's your 100th birthday week or it's Father's Day, or whether it's not your 100th birthday and you're not a father, it's important for us from time to time to look back at our life and say, what kind of legacy am I building? What kind of legacy am I getting ready to leave? Because it will impact somebody. It is impacting somebody now. My legacy is one of two life courses. The scripture tells us, Moses puts it this way in verse 19, I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now, not only do we tend to minimize the impact of our choices and how they impact our legacy, we also like to think that our choices give us many options. But really, we're seeing here in scripture, there's two choices in the legacy that we'll leave. It's either one of life or it's one of death. We live in a culture that doesn't like this. It's a relativistic culture. It's one that doesn't have absolute right or wrong that they hold to. And it's whatever is best for you and the circumstances you have is what society says should go. But that's not what God's word tells us. It reminds us in his word that every decision we make leads us down one of two paths. Either a path of life or death, blessings or curse. Every decision points me either towards this eternal life or eternal death. You say, well, Pastor Brady, I I feel like I know that. This is kind of an elementary truth today. Give me something I don't know. And I'm reminded of the preacher who says, I'll tell you something that you don't know once we really embrace the things that we do know. You see, every decision we make will lead us down one of these paths, and there is a legacy that you are leaving. What is it that people will remember you for? What is it that they will be impacted by for generation and generation to come? They will remember your personality. They'll remember your interests, your likes, your dislikes, maybe some of the things that you had done or accomplished. But really, there's one of two categories. Is it a life that promotes eternal life or one that is embracing eternal death? What legacy are you leaving? You see, your legacy is the culmination of seemingly small and insignificant choices. But each one is leading us toward eternal life or death. My legacy is determined by my choices. My legacy is two of one of these courses. And third, my legacy is witnessed by all to see. This last phrase of this verse in Deuteronomy 3, 30, 19 says, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Every choice you make is not only witnessed by God, but it's witnessed by a host of other people. We're sometimes convinced that the choices we make are just a personal choice, and nobody will really know. There couldn't be anything farther from the truth this morning. 
that there are many people who are watching you here on earth and in heaven who are witnessing the legacy that you are creating to leave behind. The Bible talks about a cloud of witnesses in Hebrews that are watching our lives from the grandstands of heaven. They're not jeering you. They are cheering you on. They're not against you. They are for you. They may be parents that have passed on. It may be a a mentor or a pastor who is in heaven, a church family or friends, the angels themselves, as they are singing out. Scripture almost paints a picture of this heavenly host that is watching and cheering us on like the sixth man on the court or the twelfth man on the field who is just there to cheer and bless you as you're making choices in life. Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, let us, write this in in your notes, strip off the sin that so easily hinders our progress. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, let us strip off the sin that so easily hinders our progress. Now, I believe this is a specific sin that Hebrews is talking about. It's the sin of unbelief. We know that Scripture says that without faith we can't please God, and so the inverse is true. With disbelief, it's impossible to please God as as well. See, as long as I doubt His love, His goodness, His power, His grace, I'll never trust Him. And if I hold God at arm's length, I'll never realize the ordained destiny, the godly legacy that He is calling me to leave behind. Hebrews 12, 1 finishes, and let us run with endurance that race that God has set before us. It's not just sprint when people are watching, but run the marathon when they're there, when they're not there, to please God all throughout a long race. There may be pitfalls, there may be moments where you stumble and fall, but in a race you don't just stop and get up and go back to the, the starting place. When you fall, you get up and you keep running. You don't just sit there and sulk and pout and just turn around and go home. There's people watching and cheering you on. You get up and you keep running. And when we stumble and fall in our life, it's not to say that to have a godly legacy we never ever stumble. But we are to get up and to keep moving. And God himself does not just sit there and move ahead or run ahead when we stumble in the race. The Holy Spirit runs alongside us and stops and lends a hand and says, Come on, I want to take you and carry you forward. But there is a race that we are running. There is a legacy that we are leaving. And there's one of two choices. See, my legacy is an influence upon future generations. The choices I make, it's not just something that affects here and now. It's going to affect for a long time coming. Not only are the past generations watching, there are little lives taking pictures and future generations are watching us right now. Moses wants us to realize that our choices not only affect us, but they affect a whole host of people around us. In his text, we see here, oh, that you would choose life and that your descendants might live. See, we don't make our choices in a vacuum. The Bible repeatedly reminds us that the choices we make have long-term implications. I could give example after example of how one person's choice could affect the next generation. An alcoholic father can impact their child and it can have ripple effects from generations to come. One who abuses their child, statistics tell us that 
those who have been abused are ten times more likely to abuse their children. It doesn't guarantee that that happens. It doesn't force that it happens. But that's what tells us. And it's not just sociology. It's not just psychology. That's a, a biblical fact as well. In Deuteronomy 5, 9, and 10, this is what it tells us. I, God is speaking, I punish the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. It's enough to make you excited on Sunday morning of Father's Day, isn't it? We should just end right there. Aren't you uplifted? What a great positive message today. I, God, punish the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. This irrefutable law of sowing and reaping is true in our life. See, you are reaping the seeds that your parents have sown and your grandparents have sown, and your children will reap the seeds that you sow for them as well. Young people, you are sowing seeds, and whether it be in rebellion or obedience, there will be people who will be impacted by it for decades to come. But the good news is this law of sowing and reaping works the other way as well. As we finish out this verse in Deuteronomy 5, 9, and 10, But I lavish my love on those who love me and obey my commands, even for a thousand generations. Some people read this verse, and it's a great stumbling block to them in their faith. How could a God who loves me, how could a loving God punish and have the effects of sin for the third and fourth generation? How could this be possible? Well, I look at this verse, and I see the great mercy of God. For those who love him and obey him for a thousand generations, they will be impacted. I can't think of many returns on your investment that gives you a thousand-fold return. If you know about it, you need to talk to me and a bunch of other people. You're going to be a popular person here soon. But God's Word tells us that if we invest in a godly legacy, it will have an impact a thousand-fold. This leads to the last principle for us this morning. My legacy, your legacy, is secured through a lifelong commitment to God. Moses put it this way, Choose to love the Lord your God and obey Him and commit yourself to Him, for He is your life. I think Moses gives us a key here to understanding. We talk a lot about loving God, obeying God, committing our life to Him. But in this verse, circle there in your outline, that last phrase, for He is your life. My legacy is secured in Him and my faith and commitment to Him. And is it true, the statement for you, that the Lord God is your life? Is He your life? You see, if your family is your life and you lose your family, then you've lost your life. If your career is your life and you lose your career, then you have lost your life. If your health is your life and you lose your health, then you've lost your life. But if God is your life, nothing can separate you or me from the love of our Father. If God is my life, then I will never, ever lose life. Jesus puts it this way, whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. When Jesus becomes your life, You are set free from sin's grip. Every time you make a decision to love, to obey, to commit to Christ, one more chain of the sinful past is broken off from you. There's some here today when I talk about a legacy and talk about the impact for future generations, you may be one who breaks the chains of all kinds of things that were in a pattern before you. 
God gives hope to us. We don't have to stay stuck in the disobedience of those who've gone before us. And today could be a day where you mark this day and say, I will choose life. I will choose to be a blessing for future generations. There's others here today, whatever decision you make, you are impacted, regardless of the decision you make, by the the seeds of faithfulness that were sown before you. And maybe it's a wake-up call to say, I've been so blessed by those who've gone ahead of me, by parents or by a church family who've been faithful time and time again, and I am reaping benefits from them. Maybe it's time for me to look and see who am I impacting. Truth be told that this is not only a day that I celebrate what God has done in Arbutus. But we could take many hours and walk through the rows in this room and thank and remember the impact that people in this room have had on this congregation and those who've gone on to be with the Lord, the impact they've had on our life. But who is it that we will be impacting? Who is it that will look to us as their example, as one who has chosen life? This morning is... We close, I want us to visit the paraphrase of Galatians 5.1 through the message. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. The world will tell us that if we choose eternal life in Christ, that it's this bondage or weight to religion and nothing else could be further from the truth. There is freedom when I choose life, but it costs me something. It costs me my very life. We are leaving a legacy. is not a choice if we will leave one or not. What kind of legacy are you leaving? If you're here today and you are young, make a decision today to leave a legacy that future generations can have life in. If you're here today and you're middle-aged and you may think of things that you would want to do over or maybe things that you are proud that went right, but today you can make a decision in the midst of the middle time of your life, today I will choose life that future generations will have a legacy of life that's lived before them. Maybe you're towards the end of your life today and, and you could choose today, regardless if you have regrets or if you have great excitement for the choices you've made. Choose life today for generations that come after you. It's never too late to make a decision that I am going to choose the life of Jesus Christ. This morning, I have peeled back illustrations and icing and frills. I like icing and frills. But for the sake of our time together, I want the Word of God to lead strong for us today. And this is not my idea. This is not Oprah's idea. This is not even popular in self-help books. But this is what God says. You're leaving a legacy. Choose what kind of legacy you want to leave. For fear this morning that there may be a father or a mother or someone here today who thinks that this legacy is about you gritting your teeth and your willpower and just getting it done right, I want to share with you One final story that really helps me grasp what God is calling us to in the legacy that we leave. It's not really about my willpower and grit. It's about me choosing to accept His power. I've shared this story with a few of you, but it bears repeating, and I think it would be good for all of us to hear and see again. It's the story of the Hoyt family. Dick Hoyt is one of those fathers. 
Dick was a father who set an example for his son. Dick was 59 years old at this time, and his son, named Rick, was 37 years old. The son, Rick, had cerebral palsy. Rick was very crippled. He can't run, he can't walk, he can't ride, and he can't talk. Rick has this computer that he touches his knee to a joystick, and he can communicate to his father through this computer. That's how he talked to his dad. One day, there was a crippled boy down the street, and Rick, the son, with his computer, said to his dad, Dad, would you push me through this 5K coming up so we could get some pledges to raise some money to help this other crippled boy? So Dick, the father, got a wheelchair and pushed his son in the 5K race and raised some money to help this crippled boy. Dick, the father, said when they crossed the finish line, his son's face lit up with a smile as big as Texas. Rick said, Dad, when I crossed that finish line, I didn't feel crippled anymore. So Dick got fired up. He's a real dad. He's a dad that loved his son, and he would do anything for him, and he made choices to sacrifice for his son. So Dick started to push his son through races. He pushed him through the Boston Marathon. Then in 1999, this dad, this unbelievable example of a loving father, took his son, Rick, to Hawaii to push him through the Ironman race, the toughest of races in all of North America. He puts him in a raft, and he pulls him behind him as he swims two and a half miles in the ocean. Then he puts him on a bicycle and pedals him 112 miles through the hills of Hawaii. Then at 8 p.m. that night, when all the other runners are finishing the race, he puts his son in a wheelchair, and he pushes him an additional 26 miles. And after a grueling 16 hours and 18 minutes, he pushes his son across the finish line. I believe that God is screaming out to us that he has his greatest gift to us in his son, Jesus Christ. The greatest father of all fathers says, it's not about your strength, but it's about my strength. But you have to choose to allow me to empower you. I want you to watch with me this video clip of this true real life story of Rick and Dick Hoyt. Some have seen it, but it bears viewing again. And allow God to speak to our hearts about a legacy that Dick Hoyt has left for his son, and that's impacted many others, and a legacy that I believe God is wanting to speak to us today about who we are leaving a legacy for. Watch with me. 